Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of The Rocketeer Minute and The Apollo 13 Minute. And I'm Hal Bryan of The Rocketeer Minute. And I'm Chris Henry from The Apollo 13 Minute. And we're back in front of Al's uh, swanky apartment uh, up there on uh, Beverly Boulevard and uh, Sycamore Street. And getting some really good views of, uh, I, I just love the, the seeing the day-to-day stuff in 1946. All those beautiful cars and the streamlined bus out in front as uh, Al's picking up his stuff. And uh, it's just such a it's such a different world. Uh, yeah, like but, we were but, we were talking about off the air. We were looking at the cab and everything, and you know, as I said before, like everything in that time period seems to have been built with a, a certain amount of aesthetic aesthetically pleasing features into it like stuff that didn't need to be like a vacuum cleaner from that time period is still kind of cool to look at like there's art deco lines and stuff into everyday household items like like a taxi cab today is not as pretty as a taxi cab then (laughs) like there's just something about them yeah i'm just i'm just looking at there's like a as uh, al gives a over overly done salute to uh captain derry Right behind, right behind his ear, there's a uh, there's a Pontiac coming up the road, with the uh, the big grill and the, uh, just gorgeous. Oh, yeah. uh, and and there's uh, I think there's a Model A going the other direction, passing the bus, and just so much stuff you can freeze frame on and go, look at that, look at that. Uh, <laughs> Hal and I were talking about looking at the uh, there's some kind of a lamp or something over uh, Fred's head there that I guess would be now would be a puddle light. Of, uh, of cars today but it looked like it would just so you don't trip on a dark curb when you're getting out of the cab <laughs> i looked at some other pictures of uh um similarly outfitted uh, outfitted cabs uh in fact i've just found a picture of uh uh from a movie the young lions from 1958 it may even be this exact same car it's another oh, wow. 35 desoto airstream taxi cab um, and I can't recall if we see it in this picture or not, but we but there is a corresponding light on the other side. Okay. Uh, that uh, so it makes sense that your rear passengers would have that light. You know now now for the most part puddle lights are built into the bottoms of doors, um, and sometimes they even show the you know they're fancy and project the the vehicle's logo onto the ground. But but a nice uh, a nice touch for getting in and out of a cab at, at uh, late at night. I, I'm just wondering. I mean, I know we're we're kind of breaking the fourth wall with the with the time frame, but that. That long object that's tied to the bottom of Al Stevenson's uh, duffel bag, is that the samurai sword that he got off of a dead Japanese soldier? Uh, let's see when he pulls it out of there. I think farewell could be. He just seems to be carting an awful lot of stuff. Yeah, he does. Have, he's got these three bags. Yeah, he's got the, the sea bag and then the little, uh, like a briefcase kind of a thing, a foldable, right. and, and, uh, and the other duffel. So, I'm wondering if, like, the the sea bag is full of, like, well, I, I would assume it's probably full of, like, uh, uh, either just clothes and small uh, keepsakes yeah. or whatever, souvenirs. A, a world war is full of, uh, or world war is worth of dirty laundry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but, Jim, I think, you, I think you're absolutely right. I think that, that, uh, that object that's sort of lashed to the bottom of the bag, that has to be the sword. Yeah. Because, I mean, we... You know, obviously they'd be forgiven for a continuity error if he has a sword and there was no place for him to carry it in this scene. But, but uh, I, 
there, um, there is no other spot where that sword would fit. The yeah. Other th- the other thing that I'm noticing a continuity error is that I think he's wearing regular shoes. I don't think he's wearing army boots. The the ones that he would throw out later on in the movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Although, hang on, though. When, when he first steps out of the cab, the cab stops, the door opens, he puts his first foot out. Those are pretty tall. Um, I've been talking like a, the three seconds into the minute. Yeah, yeah, those look... Yeah. So but, do they uh, maybe, change when he's walking in? Well, I, I, like the lacing on the boots seems to start a little bit low for a boot. That's what I'm... Uh, now, I, I swear point. I'm seeing yeah. socks there. I'm seeing... Oh, that may be. Huh. I don't know. Uh, Is there anybody we could talk to from the Sock Museum? Yeah. That's a, <laughs> could, uh, well, let's get him on the phone. Yeah, let's give me the president of Interwoven right now. Uh, <laughs> exactly. And be quick about it. Yeah. He, uh, but any, well, maybe he maybe he's already taken his boots off and he, they're in a they're in the duffel and he's just decided to throw them out later. I mean, it, they didn't it didn't require him to wear them. Right. So uh, did they? I, I would think that they would have dress shoes besides army boots uh, at issue if he's wearing his class A's. Yeah, um, he would certainly would would have uh, under normal circumstances. You know, coming back from uh, coming back from the war, it's you know, hard, yeah, hard to that, say. That's harder to say. Yeah, so. he. Uh, I, I. I mean, yeah, they, those look like uh, top of the line. Uh, you know. <laughs> They look like like uh, kind of floor shimes that Frederick March would wear, not a right, not an <laughs> army sergeant. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's just a just a fascinating uh, look, and uh, I do like the, his last salute goes to Fred Derry yeah. <laughs> as he gets out well, of his. Uh, and that's a, I, I don't know, it's a it's a nice touch because it's it's nice that uh, that you know fred the the captain is just is taking care of the cab and you know makes his little joke about uh, about outranking him and things that's a I, I don't know it's a kind little moment uh, between these two guys who you know they don't know each other but they've uh, they've been through kind of the last adventure of the war together just in in getting home yeah you know you know it's interesting uh it, it, this is similar um not not exactly the same but uh my grandfather came over from Italy and uh, came over on a boat and like 19, I want to say 47. And um, I go to New York City with him in probably 2004, 2005. And he's like, I want to look up this guy who lives in Brooklyn and call him. And we did. And it was another old Italian guy who came over on the boat with my grandfather and like immediately remembered him, like immediately remembered like conversations that they had on the boat coming over and they met up for lunch. And I'm just like, when was the last time you saw him? And he was like, uh, 1947 on the boat, you know, we got (laughs) off. Like, like there's just some sort of connection or bond. I think that, uh, uh, they made in something, I guess a life event like this. Uh, I, I do like the you know this is the, the homecoming is so different from Luella running running across the lawn for Homer and screaming and yelling and and everybody coming out to meet him. Ha, ha, Al is coming home to so the the only guy that's in charge of welcoming the front desk. The guy has his back to the front door. It's like <laughs> right. he's not he's not looking. The other guy is doing you know reading a comic book or something in the the elevator. And uh, you know for them the war's been over a long time. They they. Might, they might have missed it completely, right? Um, well, and it's uh, not to go, not to go backward, but 
um, Al sits there and you see, you know, he and, and uh, uh, Fred have kind of locked eyes. He sits there and he watches that cab leave for as, as long as he can. And it's just yeah. one more thing, you know, I'm just a little bit hesitant, but then he just say, and he walks and, uh, and he, there's the, uh, there's the, the quote unquote doorman who's not doing the best job of it. <laughs> yeah. I do like the, the random guy in the, in the back behind the bus watching, <laughs> watching them filming the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. He he could be the location manager, yeah. making sure nobody else is stopping as they uh, as they film. You know, keep going. We're yeah, just, just filming going. the There's show. Nothing to see here. You know, we make a thousand movies a month uh, <laughs> in this period in history, so don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, there's probably a oh. you know a sign 500 feet down the road saying you're driving into a be, be prepared to be filmed. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> you know, we were talking. Uh, you, you brought up the little salute before, and it's obviously it's you know it's casual and abbreviated. But I was still was looking at it, and there's something, something about it that looked right to me, like suggested that okay, did Fred Frederick March serve? And uh, he did. He was a uh, in the artillery, lieutenant in the artillery in World War One. Oh wow! So you're looking at uh, you know World War One veteran here playing a playing a newly minted World War Two vet. Wow! Yeah, you ah. did know how to how to throw a salute correctly. So right, and even even the super casual one, it's not a brisk snap, and he's not at attention, but it's still you know the angle is right, and the elbow is straight, and the yeah, you know we're not showing our palms, uh, which you know is a sign of surrender for a, for a U.S. service person when they salute. Um, it's a was a nice little uh, a nice little gesture. Yeah. But, um. But then he runs out of nice gestures when he gets in uh, gets into the lobby of his, uh, <laughs> his apartment. Yeah, it's not like he had his his uh, house key with him. And <laughs> right. that's um, funny. And uh, I would say that Dorman, you know, is stopping him and say, "Well, just whom do you wish to see? You know, so one moment, please, one moment, please." And uh, you know, he says, "No, I have to announce you first. I just I love that. Put that phone down. <laughs> yeah, and you get the feeling that he's very much the civilian, much like the uh, the. Well, we're getting ahead again, but the uh, the, the personnel manager that Fred's going to talk to at the drugstore. Uh, right. They, they all seem to be in the same. They they didn't go overseas. They kept you know they kept the home fires burning and and you know, collected the the assorted mail that was stacking up. Uh, but he's looked on with disdain by the sergeant who uses his sergeant's voice, like, put that phone down. (laughs) (laughs) He's using that as daddy voice, but as sergeant voice. Um, And it's interesting to me, too, that the the elevator operator in the background is just sitting there. You know, Uh it's, I mean, he's, Frankly, it it uh, it looks more like he's sort of sitting on the toilet reading than it does, like he's sitting sort of waiting, uh, waiting to run the elevator. But yeah, he he's sitting on that little. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, we still had uh, hand operate, you know, you know uh, operator operated elevators, and I was always fascinated by the chair that was. It was basically it was a round. It looked like a like a salad bowl with the top cut off. It was like the bottom part of a salad bowl made out of wood or the top of a stool it looked like the top of a stool with no oh, legs sure. and it was on a uh, on a hinge that would you'd pull down on the hinge and you had to sit down on it and you're basically your weight held the hinge open so that when he stood up 
it would go flush against the wall and fit more people in the uh, in the elevator. But I always I always wanted to sit in that chair. <laughs> but then they got rid of it and had nothing but buttons by the time I grew up. So um, I always thought it was a it was an interesting it was an interesting occupation. But I, I mean I don't know when you weren't running the elevator. What else did you have as a job? I guess you know move, move the dumpster around front or something. It, it's you had to be there all the time just simply because there were people showing up and wanted to go upstairs or downstairs. Uh, um, Crazy job. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder, he was a little bit too young, I guess. He might have a year before. He was probably, you know, he's probably like 17 or 18. He's not, not too much different in age from, uh, from Al's son. The and, uh, uh, elevator operator. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, wonder, I wonder if he... If he, like Rob, you know, collected uh, the, the uh, bread box trading cards of different aircraft, you know, for spotters and things like that, and uh, followed with maps at home as to what, you know, where the uh, the front lines were, and uh, thought that he was going to get drafted eventually, but the war ended without him hitting 18. Um, yeah, good question. I was looking to see if by any chance he's uh, he's credited I, I couldn't find him. And I don't see I don't see anybody credited or listed as elevator operator. Huh. But uh interesting. It's uh <laughs> there's a ladies room attendant, uh, she's credited, but yep. you know, man at airport, <laughs> bank customer <laughs> with hat. So Yeah, he just didn't yeah. <laughs> I guess they, they pulled he probably he probably is on the uh, He's probably on the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and he walked over with Virginia Mayo and said, "Hey, you know they're looking for an elevator guy. Can you do right. that? Sure, sure. <laughs> sure. Give, me the, give me the suit. I'll be in tomorrow morning. Can you sit down for a while first, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then Where tomorrow we'll talk about him standing up for this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing the crossword puzzle, and you're trying to think <laughs> six letter word for yes. lift. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> elevate, elevate. Yeah. Um, the uh, gosh, all the." I, you know, you forget about the days before uh, the prevalence of scotch tape and everything there is wrapped, carefully folded and, and tied with string, all the packages, the parcels from the grocery stores and, and the department stores on the, the left of that that large desk. Oh, man, there was a there was this hobby town back in Pittsburgh that we'd go to. Um, it was called A.B. Charles, and I don't think it's there anymore, uh, or maybe it is, but I, I haven't been been there in years but it was like a store that like uh, a gentleman started in the 50s and then he handed it over to his son and his son ran it and they kept that tradition going so if you went in and bought a you know a p51 model kit uh they would actually still wrap it in the brown paper and tie it up with string and like this will sound cheesy but going there was just an experience like walking out with this wrapped package like you would go in and just buy a uh, even if you didn't see anything you wanted, you'd find something to grab, to buy, uh, just so you'd get this wrap pack. It was just a cool experience. I, it's the only place I ever went to. They wrap stuff up like that, you know. There, there's a uh, there's a bakery in Las Vegas at the. Uh, I want to say the is it the Venetian? It's the one. With, it, there, it's the one with that has the gondolas in it in um, inside the hotel. I can't. Yeah, it's the <laughs> Venetian. The Venetian. Yeah, in, yeah, inside the Venetian, there's a. There's an Italian bakery, and if you buy anything there, if you buy, like, corn muffins or whatever, cupcakes, they give it to you in a white box, and they wrap it up with the old baker's uh, the old baker string that was like a, a candy cane. It was red and white. 
oh, string wow. looped around, and they they tie it in a knot, a big bow, and you just you don't want to unwrap it because it just looks so cool. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's muffins inside. Like, <laughs> I don't want to touch it though. And uh, one of my one of my favorite parts of Vegas is just going to that little bakery. I know this is not <laughs> well. Anyway, we back back to the movie. The I keep looking. All I keep looking at with this uh, lobby is how much time it must have taken to dust those chandeliers. Um, <laughs> I, I know Los Angeles has never not been dusty. The winds, you know, the Santa Ana winds blow forever, and <laughs> that whole place that they must spend whole time with feather dusters cleaning it up. Uh, uh, chandeliers, the walls, the wall yeah. fixtures. Oh gosh, yeah, all that. <laughs> the elevator operator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, does, is there any meaning to the A that's on the duffel bag of Al's? Oh, I mean, that's a good question. Huh. I I don't know. I don't know the answer. I'm just I don't know the one either. <laughs> is I mean they didn't have A for Army or is it for Al or Al? A for yeah. Al? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't, I know. don't know. It's rather a stylized stencil A, yeah, but a... I don't know if he's like it was he with Company A was you know. It, is that is that a thing that if you were in Delta Company or you know one of those? Um, it's That's a mystery. A good, good question. That seems like I mean, it's, it must have some some significance. It's uh, it's very hard. It's very hard to Google. I was trying to see if yeah. we could find anything, but it's it's not out there. I do like the. Uh, you know how to how to tell you're in a how to tell you're on a set by look if you look at the ceiling there's a those the 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 giant beams which of course there's no ceiling above it but it gives you the impression that there that that you know, the, the walls stop there somehow but actually that's where all <laughs> that's where all the lights can be hung easily off the uh 50 foot roof um yeah I just, that was a cool I, set yeah wow well this is a an inter- you know, an interesting uh, again using his sergeant's voice, and this is his last moments of um, army life. I, I don't know if you could call it. I mean, this is, this is the last moment before his homecoming. This is obviously he's been in this lobby many, many times over the years, and they have a new guy at the front who doesn't know uh, Sergeant Stevenson. Um, but he, uh, it's it, you know, he he still feel he feels like a stranger. Um, you know, in his own in his own house, that he has to explain himself to the guy who, <laughs> the guy who works in the place where he's paying the mortgage right. or the the rent, whatever. I don't know if they had condos at this time, but uh, he's he's paying money to be there, and they don't know <laughs> who he is. Well, and he's he's just about to really put this guy in his place, but I think yeah, that's but, I think that's tomorrow. But one last thing before before we leave here, um, those are the weirdest columns I've ever seen. I, there's like they're like Dalek. Uh, buttons yeah. going up they're, they're like studs and then all of a sudden right. they turn into this like moderate ionic column and it probably looks better from straight on but it just looks very weird here well and the shading on the one in the foreground makes it look like that row of uh that row of buttons is uneven but i think that's just a shadow yeah i think it's a shadow yeah it looks but, like it's trying to barber pole a little but there's no stud right. to the right but yeah it's very very peculiar looking anyway well uh, well if this didn't convince you to go watch the movie again <laughs> go go do that because this is a, this is a great movie. Right. Buttons on columns, brown paper packages tied up with string. Yeah, yeah. somebody finish it for me. These are the few of my favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, uh, anyway, I I want to explain that uh, 
listeners can, uh, as, as we say every every day, listeners can find The Best Minutes Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, thebestminutes.com. Uh, also, if you are if you are a, a social media maven, uh, go visit us, please, and love to hear your talk about the movie over at Butch's Place, The Best Years of Our Lives Listeners Cafe on Facebook, or you can go to Twitter on The Best Minutes. Please tweet at us. Uh, always fascinated to hear your responses to this uh, to this show. Uh, we will return tomorrow as we finish out the week here uh, as we watch Al go get in an elevator and ride. We'll see him and you hopefully tomorrow on the Best Minutes Podcast. Hey, Joe. You better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.